Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. I am the Clydesdale. She is Kat Shear, and we are so honored and privileged to have the one and only Kelly Clark with us today. Hi How guys. are you, Kelly? Doing really great. Thanks. Thanks for having so me. So I, I, I just saw you put up the devil horns. Uh, <laughs> are are you are you a metalhead? <laughs> I am not. My husband is. <laughs> I actually did see one. that in my research. Yes. So I just was checking to see if you had jumped on board with that. No, I can listen to some of the softer stuff. He he picks out some lighter metal for me, but uh, any of the heavy stuff, he's on his own. <laughs> he's on his own. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my wife tells me too. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the reason we have you on, um, and if people don't know, Kelly is a regional semifinal athlete who is, was mostly on a team, um, decided to go the individual route the last couple of years and keeps improving at tremendous rates. Um, but we're going to get into that stuff later. What I want to talk to her about today is K2 performance. Um, you have recently launched this program with the Santa Cruz fire department. So can you explain to us what it is and what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah. Well, so K2 started as a collaboration between myself and Ryan DeWitt, who owns uh, CrossFit up where I coach. Um, he also owns DeWitt physical therapy. Um, and so he comes from the PT world um, and me coming from the coaching and competitive athlete world, um, we were just noticing a need to bring some balance between fitness and recovery. Um, so that's what K2 is designed to do is to sort of find that balance. Um, I guess, you know, we take a lot of people at CrossFit up from the rehab phase of their journey into returning to sport and back through CrossFit. Um, and then we work with a lot of firefighters, law enforcement, um, and their needs are very similar. Uh, they have a very high performance job. They have a lot of high stress that they deal with, but they also have to stay physically fit for their job. So balancing a high stress job, staying physically fit and functional plus life and family, um, there's very little room for recovery in there. And a lot of them just don't have the tools or the knowledge to do that, to, you know, bring their central nervous system back down, make sure their bodies stay healthy. Um, there's very high injury rates. There's very high metabolic disease um, in the firefighting world. So they were dealing with high rates of cancer and heart disease and things like that, shortened lifespans. And so um, this was sort of us seeing that, um, you know, we deal with a lot of high performers, people that want to, you know, optimize their performance for whatever it is they're doing. Um, and they don't know how to recover so that they can continue to perform optimally. So that was 
yeah, that's what K2 does. Um, very focused on injury prevention and recovery work, um, along with the, you know, it has the, provides the fitness side of things, um, but make sure that we give you the tools to um, sort of keep people bulletproof from injuries and let them downregulate their nervous system when they need to. So you are as OG CrossFit as it gets. Like you started way back at the beginning. Yeah. How much of this program is CrossFit? And do you do you modify what that is for more prehab work and rehab work? Yes, that's a good question. Um, and I think as far as I would explain it, um, it's not not it, it, it's still CrossFit, you know, you're still doing CrossFit workouts. Um, but we put boundaries on it. Um, there's a strength cycle that is a little bit more um, deliberately focused on correcting imbalances and improving joint health. And so the we don't do any Olympic lifting. We don't do any high skill gymnastics. Um, we don't we don't do anything that would allow people to dig themselves into a hole. Um, the program is designed to be provided remotely. So a lot of people will be doing this without a coach supervising them. Um, and so the strength work is, uh, it's a lot of tempo work. It's a lot of unilateral work. Um, a lot of your major movers, you know, press, pull, hinge, squat, things like that. Um, there's always accessory work, um, to work stability and core strength, also correcting imbalances, things like that. Um, and then the, the Metcons, the, the conditioning pieces are Metcons. They're, you know, they're Metcons without um, any high skill gymnastics or Olympic lifting. You might see like dumbbell snatches or dumbbell clean and jerks, things like that. Um, but, and, and you won't see anything like CrossFit likes to put um, some heavy loads into a Metcon um, that force you to challenge yourself with some different stimulus and um, you know, the loading forces you to slow down and you have to focus on maintaining movement quality during a conditioning piece. Um, and we've sort of pulled that out. We want them to have a really good foundation of aerobic capacity. Um, and then if they want more challenges after that, then they can graduate into the CrossFit classes. Um, so we're kind of just focusing on foundations, but it's, I would still consider it CrossFit. It's still, you know, constantly varied, high intensity functional movement. Um, it's just geared towards a very specific goal. Um, and then I guess the other key difference in the K2 program is that every day of programming provides a secondary option. Um, so you can choose to either do the strength and conditioning piece, or you can choose to do a recovery flow if that's what you need. So you kind of, you're asked to check in with yourself at the beginning of the session and say, okay, how am I feeling today? Am I ready to go hit something hard and um, do something at high intensity? Or am I run down? Am I low on sleep? Am I high on stress? Have I, did, have I been eating well? Things like that. Um, and, and is it better for me today to just move for quality at a lower intensity? And I think that gives people a more uh, approachable, avenue towards their movement practice. I think a lot of people think about recovery as like, I'm just going to go sit on the couch today. I'm tired, you know? Um, and this teaches people how to use movement in order to recover. 
um, in order to feel better. You know, it's not like you say, like, I slept four hours last night and I'm, you know, my stress levels are super high. I'm not going to gym to the gym today. You, you the answer should be, no, I am going to the gym. I'm going to move my body so that I feel better when I leave. Um, and so that's, that's what that provides. I love that. It sounds, this fast. Go it ahead, sounds Kat. a lot like too, that, you know, safety is a priority, right? Um, yeah. I've just, I've opened up an affiliate within the last year and the training age of the folks that are here is very young um, in terms of, you know, they've only been doing this for six months, five months, four months. And um, I love the fact that you're incorporating like tempo training. That's a really sort of safe way to lift without, you know, hurting yourselves. I know here at, at our gym, we don't back squat. Like it's just, we just don't because it's, it's too, it lends itself to people going too heavy and sort of hurting themselves. And, you know, there's only so much you can do with a front squat. It requires so much more, you know, core stability and things like that. And we do a lot of tempo training because you can get some bang for your buck there with a lot lighter weight, but sort of similar results. So yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. yeah you, I'm, I mean, you, I'm fascinated. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Kelly. No, no. You're the guest. Oh. I was just, I was just going to say like, that's, I and mean, that's uh, definitely a thing, especially when, so we've been running this program for the last year at the gym um, and it's been awesome. growing so fast. We've just been constantly having to add classes and, um, and then we just launched it in the firehouse um, two weeks ago. Um, but in thinking about launching it in the firehouse, we had to really think about, you know, delivering a program remotely without having a coach there with a population of people that are high performers, they're competitive, they're, you know, they, they have that, you know, need to go harder, faster, you know, heavier. Um, and so putting some deliberate boundaries like that, like the tempo work and um, on the program so that they couldn't get themselves in trouble yeah. <laughs> was, was really important. Yeah. I love it. What I'm find fascinating about this is at my gym now, they are big on, if you come in and say, man, I'm hurting. They're like, well, we still want you to move. Let's take this component out and this component out today and just move through the workout. And I, I hear that in what you're saying. So it's basically a tool in the coach's toolbox that you're formalizing into your programming. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of how it got built. Um, it, it like, I mean, I've written recovery flows for myself for years as an athlete. I do them myself at least once or twice a week on recovery days. So I just write stuff for myself to focus on, you know, some prehabby things and, you know, get blood flow going, move through some essential ranges of motion. But like sitting on the couch on my rest days doesn't actually feel good to my body. So um, you know, I've, I've just done this for years. And then we had members coming in to my classes who, you know, like, gosh, it's, but you know, life's been stressful. Work has been stressful. I didn't get any sleep last night. I've got, you know, we get people from the PT clinic that are working around injuries and things like that. And they would come in and be, you know, they'd look at the workout and be like, I don't know what I got today. I'm just going to like, maybe take this easy. I might have to modify a lot. And, and I found myself just writing recovery flows for people on the spot so often that I was like, look, this just needs to be an option. <laughs> you know? I like it. Yeah. And it, it also, there's all this talk now about forming habits, right? Making exercise a habit, making nutrition a habit, you know, sticking to your macros and all that, and just 
creating better habits. And I think if you have those options for people, they can still come five, six days a week. You know, they don't have to just come Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because they know, or if they see something on the board that they can't do and they see it in advance, like, oh, I'm not going to go because I can't do that. Like, I'd rather people just show up, give them some options, give them that recovery flow alternative. And they're still, you know, part of the community doing their thing. And they don't go two, three days outside the gym because sometimes it's really hard to come back you know, for some people, if they're gone for more than a day or two. So I love, I love that as well, that it gives them that we're building on that building consistency and, and forming a habit of just showing up. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what it does. And at first people were really surprised by it. People are like, Oh, there, this exists. Like I can do that. I can just do right. like, you know, I can walk into a workout that says assault bike sprints and actually just do a recovery flow that makes me feel better. You know, that's right. They were, you know, that was like a big light bulb for a lot of people. But we we have noticed that people are just more consistent with coming to the gym. We don't see people yeah. disappear for a week right. here and there, you know. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's been and, cool. and a lot of gyms don't do that. You know, a lot of gyms are, are still programming for you to be drop dead on the floor in a puddle of sweat every single time. You know, right. and and the coaches are encouraging it and the members just feed off of each other. And you've got this sort of poured mentality of, you know, you go hard or don't bother showing up kind of a thing. And that's just, you know, I'm glad that that's changing. It's not changing fast enough, <laughs> in my <Yeah>. opinion, um, <laughs> or widespread enough. But it's, it's great that, you know, you're leading the charge on that. I think it's awesome. Thank you. So this did not this was not designed for the Santa Cruz fire department. This was designed for your gym and you have adapted it for the Santa Cruz fire department. We actually, we always had, um, firefighters and other first responders in mind when we talked about this. Um, we, we, I guess you could say that we launched it at the gym first to, um, because we saw the need with our members. Um, and we wanted to make sure that we could do it well um, and that it worked and that people liked it. Uh, and then, but we always knew that we wanted to expand into the, the world of, you know, firefighters and first responders, the, and there's, there's bigger plans. Um, you know, this won't be the end of our growth. Um, but th this was sort of a planned next step. Um, we, we kind of hit the point where we just hit our year mark at the gym. Um, and we've been talking to the fire department for several months now. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it was a part of the region, the original plan. Um, and then, uh, going forward, hopefully it will expand to other departments. Um, and, and we'd like to add more to the program. We want to provide more resources for, um, recovery and stress management and sleep quality and nutrition and things like that. We really want this program to help provide people with the tools for a very well-rounded wellness program. Yeah. Kelly, remind us where you are in the country. Santa Cruz, California. California. Okay. So mm -hmm. are we talking, when we say firefighters, are we talking like big giant, like field fires, forest fires, that kind of stuff? Or is this just like a residential area? Well, the Santa Cruz city fire department is more of a residential area. Um, mm -hmm. but we do get, um, I mean, California has our wildfires, um, and sure. we live, so we, the, the downtown area is where, um, we've, started. So it's a lot of um, 
residential things for them, I believe mostly, but when we go into fire season, you know, yeah. it's kind of all, all hands off. on deck. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we live in an area with a lot of mountains um, and we've had some big fire fires in there um, that I'm sure they've had to respond to. Um, yeah. That's yeah. The, re the reason I ask is just when you talk about, you know, firefighters being competitive and things like that, I don't know that that's the case all across the, the country. You know, yeah. I mean, there are some and nothing against the firefighters in my area, but, you know, there's a fair amount of firefighters that are really out of shape um, and aren't, yeah. you know, you know, we don't get a lot where I live. We don't we don't get a lot of like actual fires. You know, they're responding to car accidents and, you know, cats up trees and things like that and not really any kind of working fires. Thank God. Um, but is that an issue as well in terms of, you know, you hear about some service providers like police officers and firefighters maybe not being in the best of shape and, and sort of needing to get them to be in better shape for optimal performance and to be able to, you know, play their role accordingly. Yeah. Um, I think that is, um, that that's still an issue, um, you know, that, but I think a lot of them, you know, it's sort of, it's the same as any normal gym population. You get the people that are really, you know, into fitness and, you know, understand what that does for their life and for their career. Um, and they want to go hard and, you know, maybe they, they, some of them have CrossFit experience. They've been doing CrossFit for a while. So they, you know, know what they're doing and they can push their boundaries a little bit better. And then you get a lot of people that haven't done fitness in a while, um, that their job hasn't required that of them and the stress, you know, they're the people that like, I got too stressed, you know, life got too hard. So I left the gym instead of, you know, using the gym to be better and like deal with that better. Um, and so they haven't been to the gym in a while. Um, you get the people that are that are injured. A lot of them get hurt on the job. So when we were onboarding last week, you know, I was hearing a lot of, you know, like about this, this shoulder thing and my back and my, you know, um, you know, all sorts of injury issues. Um, a lot of it on the job, some of it not. But um, a lot of them take that to mean that like I have to stop moving. You know, <laughs> like I have to like right. I can't get I can't get more hurt because I still have to be functional enough to do my job. Um, and so they just don't do anything. And so that's, that's the, the hard thing that we run into. So it's the same as kind of a normal gym population. And so one of the things that we were worried about when we were onboarding is that there would be sort of that, um, the cadre of people that were into their fitness and that, um, the recovery option of the session would be seen as like wussing out, um, and that is, you know, they're firefighters that do a lot of trash talking and everything. Um, and so we were worried that there might be, you know, a lot of peer pressure to only choose the fitness option um, and that they would sort of get shamed for choosing a recovery option if they needed it. Um, we were really happy to find that that wasn't the case. We actually had um, a lot of people choose the recovery flow that, you know, and be really happy with like, oh, this is so cool. This is exactly what I needed. I didn't know this existed. Didn't know this was an option. Um, and so that was really cool. Um, I do think that the challenge for us going forward is going to be um, you know, creating a community around it and 
getting people on board with holding each other accountable to continue moving. Um, and so, you know, part of what we're challenged to do now is make sure that, you know, they're still interacting with each other and encouraging each other and, and sort of building a community. If we expand to other fire departments, we want them to be connected to each other. They're all going to be doing the same workouts, the same recovery flows. We want them to talk to each other and, you know, share lessons learned and scores and, and things like that with each other so that, um, you know, I, I think community makes everything um, better in terms of how well they're going to jump on board with it um, and enjoy yeah. it. And yeah. Peer pressure things. can be positive too, right? right. Not just negative. Right. Yeah. Like so that. we'd like that. Yeah. We'd like that to be positive. So we, I mean, we use um, SugarWad to deliver our platform now and you can, um, you know, you can give people like fist bumps and you can comment on each other's scores and things like that. Um, and hopefully we'll have more options for interacting with each other going forward, because I think that's going to be a really important part of creating buy-in. Yeah. And, and like trash talking. You can still trash talk. Trash talking talk is important too. That's yeah. <laughs> it's very important. Yeah. So Kelly, we've had, we've had some firefighters on the show who have expressed their concern about the out of shape firemen, because they have to go to zero from zero to 60 oftentimes. And they're concerned that, that the bodies aren't going to hold up to that. My right. question is kind of off that a little bit is, do you have someone working on statistics and marketing of what you're accomplishing with, with your program? Um, that is the goal is that, that we are going to be measuring changes. Um, and I think that that's, there, there are a few things that we're looking at for markers right now. Um, going forward, there are a few more things that we'd like to measure, and we're trying to figure out how to do that right now, um, what the best way is to keep track of some of this stuff. But that is, um, so we have a year contract with the fire department, and that is something that's um, going to be a big priority for us is how do we, you know, we need to be able to measure success. You know, your injury rates need to go down your, you know, um, the incidence of, you know, heart attacks and, you know, heart health markers need to go, you know, need to improve. And so, um, it, it can't just be, um, you know, verbal feedback from people. I like the program. I don't like the program. Um, and so that is something that we're looking into and figuring out how to measure without like forcing everyone to wear a, you know, some sort of boot band yeah. or, you know, right. <laughs> bio tracker, <laughs> um, you know, how do you, how do we measure those things and, and how do we keep track of it? Well, um, but they, I mean, they, I think they do have some tools to measure some of the bigger markers. Um, I think we just have to figure out how uh, to incorporate that into our metrics as well. So I love what, what's happening with the first responders. I think this is much needed, but I think that there's a, Kat brings up a great point as an affiliate owner. This is something that could be even more widespread as like an affiliate programming. Has that been in your thought process at all? Yeah. It has, um, you know, eventually it will, I mean, our plan is to make it available on the sugar one marketplace and, um, expand from there. But 
but yeah, I, I, this has been super valuable for our affiliate. Um, it's like I said, it's, it's grown so fast that we keep filling up classes and getting overwhelmed and we'd have to add more classes. And so, um, and so awesome. it, it definitely, it, there's clearly a need for it. Um, and our, our members are really enjoying having that option. Um, so I, I can only assume that we're not the only ones who need it. So but I want to, I want to, sorry, I want to nerd right. out on programming just a little bit and ask you, pick your brain. Cause um, I'm digging this whole recovery flow thing. Um, is it based on the individual or is it based on the workout of the day or are there like one or two flows that just kind of are available to people throughout the week, whatever day they come in and decide, you know, they want to tap out for the day. How does that work without giving too much away? Yeah. So it's, um, so there is a recovery flow option five days a week. It's a five day a week program. And so there are five unique recovery flow options. Um, and typically I try to have the recovery flow somewhat echo, um, the movement patterns that are in the class workout in the fitness program, um, to some extent, so that you're not, you know, like if you bounce back and forth between in the main workout and the recovery flow, you're not, you know, doubling up on movement stimulus. So, um, in movement patterns, so it should be varied enough that you can bounce in and out of recovery flows and, and the, the main workout without doing yourself any damage. Um, the recovery flow is like, it's just a lot of corrective exercise, you know, it, it's some corrective exercise. It's some, you know, dynamic range of motion. It's some, you know, like zone two aerobic stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, like, like for instance, if your Metcon was, I don't know, a 400 meter row, a, a triplet rowing pull-ups mm -hmm. and air squats or something like that. And someone decided to do the recovery flow instead, would it, would it look something like, you know, some banded shoulder work and some hip mobility instead of, you know, the squats and the, and the pull-ups? Um, we don't do any, like the banded, I guess the, um, we don't do any like static holds or anything. The recovery flow is usually a 25 to 30 minute flow. Um, okay. so you might see, like, I, I try to be mindful of equipment limitations. Some, um, you know, if you've got a, a giant gym, you might be able to like have rowers and in, in both the recovery flow and the main workout. But usually if you see a rower in the main workout, you're going to see like a bike or a jog or something in the recovery flow. Um, and so we're, we're trying to be mindful of that. Um, yeah, you'd, but you'd see some sort of, you know, pulling shoulder stability work. It might look like crossover symmetry banded, right. you know, activation type of things. Um, it might look like um, some dynamic stretching, like, you know, scorpions or T-spine bridges or things like that. We have, mm -hmm. I don't know, sometimes we have different vocabulary coming from the PT side of things. We yeah. have a lot of like physical therapy movements <laughs> that we throw into like warmups and recovery things. Um, but, but it will look a lot like physical therapy, you know, with okay. like, with some aerobic flushing built into it. Um, it'll keep you moving. It'll, you know, it gets your heart rate up, gets your blood flowing. You'll get a little bit sweaty, um, but it should be re-energizing. 
Awesome. So do you, do you, uh, do you cringe when you see bear crawls performed <laughs> as an actual bear crawl? Cause the PT bear crawl is completely different from an actual CrossFit bear crawl. And we actually did bear crawls, uh, in our warm up today. And I, I always have to caveat it with, if you've ever done this at PT, this is not what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> we're actually just trying to warm up our wrists and our hamstrings and we're going to do a bear crawl, but yep. it's things like that. Yeah. They can have the same yeah. name and have a completely different meaning. Totally. Well, our members, so our members don't know the CrossFit bear crawl until like maybe the open oh. comes around and they're allowed yeah. to do it differently. They're like, what is this? That's funny. <laughs> so, did you, uh, yeah, did you so notice Scott, a uh, funny story about bear crawls? Um, we, Scott and I were at the master's fitness collective in Fort Wayne, uh, last month and, uh, bear crawl was sort of an option for some of the older athletes, you know, 55 plus instead of a handstand walk. And, uh, you know, we wrote the standards for the bear call, just, you know, hands and feet. We didn't really care. You know, you didn't have to have your heels on the ground or your knees straight or anything like that. Right. But some of the guys were doing the bear crawl sideways yeah. instead of front to back. And I was like, damn it. They found a loophole. Like yeah. it was definitely faster. And I never thought when we wrote the standards, did I ever think that someone would do it sideways and that I had to actually specify, you know, forward to back and People are looking at me like, you're going to let that, you're going to let that go. And I was like, I, I have to, like, I didn't tell them they couldn't, you know, shame on me, but now I know bear crawl. Where that unusual movement clause comes in. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my God. It was too much. Yeah. I was, I was judging that event and my backpedal like, had to be so fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were flying. Those, those old guys, man, they like to, they like to cut corners. Oh Yeah. Well, we are going to take a short 60-second break and hear a word from our sponsor. So, getting ready for my workout today. A little uh, tip that I have is that I actually, the one sweet that I like, the one sweet are those gummy little candies, right? The, the bears, the worms, the kids all of that stuff. And what I found is Extend has this awesome elite BCAA in a sour gummy flavor. I put this in my pre-workout. Uh, I drink that um, with my workout and after, and it gets me uh, the craving of the sour gummy that I crave so much. And, uh, you know, and it's healthy. I'm getting my BCAAs. So make sure to check that out at c4energy.com and use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off. Cool. Bye. Cool. All right. And we're back. <laughs> so um, as a 52-year-old CrossFitter, I love this whole concept. Um, and I am really intrigued by it. But as I said earlier, you were one of my favorite stories during the semifinals this year. Um, Kat interviewed you right before, so we got to know you a little bit. And then I was at the Mac. Um, I got to watch it in person. Um, what I found fascinating, first of all, is you are technically masters aged. I am. However, you you competed on the individual open level, and you keep getting better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at, at 35, you are getting better and better. Does some of that, is some of that attributed to this programming that we just talked about? I mean, 
I have to think so. Um, I, I think that one of the hallmarks of my CrossFit journey has been injury prevention. That's just something that, I mean, I was, I think the last time we talked, I might have mentioned like I was injured a lot in my early athletic career playing soccer and water polo. And um, when I decided to compete in CrossFit, it was kind of, I was a little bit resistant to it because I, you know, was like, look, I'm just tired of being in pain all the time. You know, I thought that was kind of what you, what an athlete did. That was just part of being an athlete is that you were always dealing with some injury. You were always working through pain. And, you know, when I, when I grew up, it wasn't like you, you know, listened to your body when you were in pain, (laughs) you you just like, you know, suck it up buttercup and, you know, keep going. Um, And so that was, that was just what I thought being an athlete meant. And so, um, my CrossFit journey has been a lot about redefining that for myself and, you know, like being competitive, but also keeping my body healthy and trying to stay out of pain and listening to my body when, you know, like when you're an athlete, you push your limits, you find some eventually, you know, your body says, Nope, there was the line. Um, and, and, but then you have to listen to it and you say, okay, like, I went too far. Now I have to do some backtracking. I got to figure out where I went wrong and how to move forward again in a healthy way. Um, and so that, like, that's just been, uh, I guess something I've been passionate about my whole career. Um, and so I do it, like I said, I do a lot. I, I write recovery flows for myself all the time. I do a lot of corrective exercise in my warmups. Um, and, making sure that my body, like everyone that's ever trained with me complains long I warm up. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like a short warm up is 30 minutes for me. Like that's as short as I can make it. <laughs> but, um, and you know, but I, I make sure that my body is ready to, you know, perform optimally at whatever I'm asking it to do for the day, every single day. Um, and I think you compound that over years and hopefully that leads to some longevity in sport. So let's go to the Mac. Um, you in 2021 came in 10th, you did better in 2022. That last day, the turnaround from event five to event six was fast. (laughs) Yeah. So you just admitted that you like a long warm up, and I'm assuming you like to cool down as well. Yeah. Were you able to do any of that between event five and six? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my, uh, Oh, we still have you. Okay. Um, you're still there. I don't know if our internet's, can you still still have you? Oh, okay, cool. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I cooled down after event five and after event five, that was, you know, like I knew I'd lost the spot that I had, um, after event five and, um, you know, my coach basically said, all right, you have five minutes to go be emotional. And then I need to get it back here and get ready to go again. (laughs) And, um, so, you know, I did, I walked away and, you know, uh, let, let, let myself feel whatever I felt after event five. Um, and then said, all right, I've, you know, but it's not over. I got one more shot. And so I have to 
hit this one as hard as I can. And so we just, we got right to work. I luckily have an awesome team. I mentioned um, Ryan DeWitt, who um, has been collaborating on the K2 program with me. He's a, a, the owner of the physical therapy clinic. He comes with me to my major competitions and helps with my recovery and um, prepping for events, we do a lot of activation work and prep for events. Um, so he got me recovered and prepped and we went right back into it. Um, and actually, I think the short turnaround probably helped me um, because I was so mad. <laughs> I had lost that spot that it didn't give me any time to cool down. Um, you know, I like, it didn't give me any time to like, let go of the anger. I was just so pissed, um, mm. that I had like lost that spot. Um, and so that, uh, and I know most probably wouldn't think anger is a good thing in competition. Um, but for be. me, for me in, in the kind of workout that that last workout was like, maybe if it was event four, where it was, you know, a long, you know, pacing, you know, don't come out too hot kind of workout. Like that probably wouldn't have been good. Um, but for the kind of event, event six was like, that was just a sprint. And um, the anger, I think helped me ride that out. So. So event six comes, it is as tight as it, it can possibly be. You ended up finishing in sixth place two points out of fourth, not fifth, hmm. but fourth. Yep. <laughs> when that was over, I'm doing the math in my head and I swear to God, I thought you were in. Yeah. So what is, what is going through? <laughs> Are you doing the math? Do you know before the announcement? Um, I, what I knew, I, I mean, I knew what the points were. I, I knew what the point spread was. Um, and I knew that if I, um, I knew that the easy road was that I needed to beat Rebecca and I needed someone in between us, you know? Um, and so I knew that when I came over the line, I knew I was ahead of Rebecca, but I also knew that she came right in right behind me. And so I was kind of like, wasn't enough, you know? Um, and so immediately yeah, that's, I, I started, that's not where my math thought you were in. Yeah. My math thought you beat fourth place. Yeah. Well, so then I looked behind, there was like a moment where I looked back and I realized that Brooke Wells was still on the floor, um, which I, I don't think I expected. And that she was not only still on the floor, but like people were coming in in front of her. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I don't, I didn't think about how many people would have to come between me and Brooke Wells for me to be in fourth. Right. You didn't run that scenario before. I didn't run time, that scenario, right? but I'm watching people come in and Brooke Wells still on the floor. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Like how many people? I don't know. Um, and so at that point, I really didn't know until they announced it. Like I knew that I hadn't done enough to beat Rebecca, but um, but yeah, I didn't I hadn't run that scenario for, you know, where Brooke would have to finish. For me to yeah, get in. I yeah, I, I'm I'm literally looking at the leaderboard from before. I'm doing the math because I didn't yeah, I did not factor the Brooke Wells thing in going into that right. event. I thought it was just you and Rebecca. Right. And then when 
when she started failing at the end, I was like, oh my gosh, this could be the door in. Yeah. And I did quick math and I, I, I was off by a couple points. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> so, so with that, it's the best finish you've ever had in the semifinal mm-hmm. as an individual athlete. Did that set you back or did it give you the confidence that, man, if I do this one more year, I can get in? Oh, it's always motivating for me. That's, yeah, yeah that's, um, I I think the, yeah, I, it just fired me up to go again. It, you know, like that, that was probably the highlight, one of the, one of the major highlights of my career. Um, and a big personal win, you know, even, even if I is, you know, one point is as close as it gets. I didn't hit the goal that I set for myself at the beginning of the season. Um, but honestly, I probably got closer than I even imagined that I could. Um, I spent a lot of that season trying to convince myself that I was capable of qualifying for the CrossFit games. Um, and it, that just proved to myself that, that I am, you know, like one point is one point, like I'm very capable of doing that. So that was just a big confidence boost. It was a big win. I mean, like, that's the best way if you're going to lose, like someone has to lose. If you're going to lose is the best way to lose. Like I, you know, like I went out fighting, it was a good race. It was exciting, you know? Um, and like, it wasn't like nothing was given. Like I was fighting for every single point and you know, like someone has to come out on top, but like, it was a good game. So like that, um, I just thought that was cool. And, and, and there were a number of wins over the course of the weekend, you know, not just in that final event. Like there were some really big personal wins for me um, in some of the other events that things that we'd been working on over the season, um, like that long event, like coming in fourth in that long event, that was my second best finish of the weekend. Um, and the year before that would have been my worst event of the weekend. So like that was just really cool for me to see myself as a different athlete than I had before. Yeah. When and you, very cool that um, I really transformed myself at this yeah. stage in my career. <laughs> yeah. When you look back at the weekend too, I mean, presumably it wasn't, you know, it wasn't how you perform your lack of performance in that last event necessarily that didn't, you know, get you to that next point. Um, was it, were there like execution errors that you sort of noticed over the course of that weekend? Or was it, you know, is there something now that's like, okay, I, that was a big lesson to learn and I'm never going to do that again. Or was it more of like, there's these three things that are kind of maybe not my strengths that I need to now work on because of what I learned that weekend? Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, mostly there are things we found that um, there's a big advantage to having the ability to train with people that compete at my level. Um, and so one of the things that I learned about myself is that I, in those like mid range events, um, you know, it, I, I did well at the long event. I did well at the sprint event. I did well at the lifting event, although the lifting event was a learning lesson Um as well, it was just an overreach. We we took a risk and it pay off. You know, I jumped from 215 to 225. And if I jumped to 220, then I would be going to 
Right. Okay. And so like, that was just a, we thought that like, okay, two, you know, that was what, that was the first event of the, Mm -hmm. the weekend. And so we were, we were going for every point we get. Um, and it was just an overreach. I made a technical error on my going for my second clean. Um, and so, and and so I missed it. And so like five pounds makes the difference. Um, but that, I, I feel like the, the biggest thing that, uh, was clear to me over the weekend was that I just, um, I know myself really well when there's a workout where I can just be inside myself and play my own game. I know how to do that really, really well. I train alone, you know, all the time. So that's, that's my life. Um, but there are events where you have to play the field. You have to be aware of your competitors. You have to be aware of who's moving faster. And do you need to make an adjustment to your game plan? Because, you know, this workout is moving differently than you expected it to. Um, And so that's where I didn't have enough experience working out and, and going through events at people with people that were, are at my level. Um, I couldn't make adjustments fast enough in the middle of workouts. Um, you know, like I got into that GHD sit up handstand walk overhead squat workout. Like that should have been a great workout for me. And I started too slow. And by the time I realized how fast we were moving, I couldn't catch up, you know, it was like too late. Um, and so that was, it it was one of those things where like, I thought that workout was going to be something that needed to be paced more than it was. Um, and by the time I realized that I needed to move faster, it just, there's no catching up. Like if at, at that level, like if you're shooting for those top five spots, like you can't, you can't start behind the line, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. So that's, that was a big learning lesson for me. And, and now that you know that, what, what kind of changes are you making? It, does that mean you need to get yourself out there and do more competitions? Are you trying to, you know, visit some camps or, or some people, you know, and get yourself surrounded by some higher level athletes? How does that, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, ideally I, I would be trying to do things with some higher level athletes. Um, I just don't really have the ability to do that. Um, but you know, like that has been the talk we're going to go to Waterpalooza. So hopefully I will get more experience there. Um, but in the absence of being able to travel, you know, like I work a full-time job, like I Mm -hmm. coach full-time, I'm launching this K2 program, you know, um, I can't, I can't, I don't have the ability to just bounce around and and travel. We've definitely tried to pull athletes here as much as we can. Um, you know, we've invited people out to see if they want to like come hang and train. Um, but I think that that's, that's just been a hard thing to make work. So we're trying to, um, I guess, artificially create some of the situations that I could see, um, in the way my coach designs workouts. Um, he'll deliberately, you know, set a workout up so that I have to come out faster than I think is safe (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. uh, and then figure out how to survive from there. Um, and so we're, yeah, try, I guess trying to, um, you're being creative. Yeah. We're just getting creative. We're trying to figure out, you know, ways to artificial 
what kind of things I might feel in workouts like that. So right. it's like tempo work, right? You don't, yeah. you can't lift the heavy weights, so you're going to find a way around it. Right. <laughs> Love it. Does, does that add an excitement to your training? It does. It does. It adds like, uh, you know, like there's a level of fear there. I think, um, like there's, <laughs> I think there was one, uh, there was one workout that started with like an 800 meter run. And he was like, you have to run it this fast. Otherwise stop the workout and start over again. <laughs> and I was like, Yikes. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn coach. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it, it, there's like a level of fear there that, you know, like normally I would have got like, okay, pace the 800 meter run. And then I'm, you know, I'm a builder. I'm a, I like to like build speed through a workout, but you know, starting that hot and knowing what kind of hole I'm going to put myself in for the rest of the workout. They're like, that's scary, but it's also exciting. That's what competition yeah. feels like. Yeah. And good practice. So yeah. let me ask you this. You say that what better way to lose than the, the close race at Mac, which and I get it. That's a huge highlight. But as when I was a competitive athlete, if I got out touched for a victory, it was emotionally draining for me because I would beat the hell out of myself. Because when you lose by a tenth of a second, there's so many little things you could have done different mm -hmm. to change that outcome, right? So yeah. did that affect you going into the last chance qualifier? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I can't say no, like that for sure. Um, that I put everything I had in to semifinals. Um, and I don't think I could energetically turn around fast enough for the last chance qualifier. That was, that was definitely a hard turnaround. Um, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that, I mean, yeah, that's like, that's exactly what it is, you know, like energetically, emotionally, like you're trying to recover from everything. Like I always have an energetic crash after really big competitions like that after semifinals. Um, like I, my husband knows, like he, he gets warned ahead of time, like, okay, after semifinals are over, you know, for the next week or two, I'm going to be really low energy. I might not talk as much. I'm just, you know, like, I'm not sad. I'm not upset. I'm just like low battery, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like you, you have that adrenaline crash. And, um, and so like people around me know that that happens. Um, but being, you know, having to go, you know, finish semifinals and be like, okay, I don't have time to let myself crash. I got to like recover and go right back up again. Um, that was hard. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that. And, um, gosh, I wish, I wish you had more time to get ready for that. Cause you were really in a good spot. Um, and I'm hoping that your answer to this is yes. Are you going to take another shot individually this year? That's the plan. Yay. Yes. That's the plan. Good. Yes. Yep. I mean, yes. that's, it's kind of like you, you, unfinished business, you know, I gotta go, oh, I yeah. gotta, gotta go again. So with all the changes that have been announced from four semis to two semis, the mm -hmm. minimums are much lower. Now we all know that the strength of schedule will probably go in favor of the United States 
at least a little bit this year. So you're probably around the same numbers. Um, does that affect the way you attack the season or are you just going to do it the same way you did last year? No, it doesn't change anything for me. Um, you know, it's not like I ever half ass the open anyway. It's, you know, I mean, we don't run like a peaking cycle before the open. Um, but I guess the open matters a little bit more for your ranking, you know, the worldwide rankings a little bit, but it's not like I ever took it easy on the open in the first place. So um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. I think that I actually think it'll be cool to um, have a bigger event with more athletes. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be cool to have a bigger point spread um, and more athletes to compete against. Um, you know, I think, I think one of the things that was interesting at the semifinals is you have those like maybe top six or seven athletes that are fighting for the, the top five spots. And in a lot of the semifinals, those six or seven athletes are you like, you know, there's like those six or seven athletes in that one block and then everyone else. Um, and then I, I think with a bigger field, you might see more mix up. I think there might be more exciting races and more stories to talk about. Um, people are going to get in to that, you know, the top spots in the mix in different workouts. So it'll be fun. Well, and this, the floor is going to be much lower. If you mess up a workout, you could fall for instead of right. the 30, you Rose. Now he's frozen. Can you hear me? Frozen. I can hear you. Okay, good. Whew. I I never know who it is that's freezing. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited that it's not. And that is the best expression I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what Scott was trying to say clearly was that um, you know, with a bigger field, you're gonna, you're gonna obviously those point spreads are gonna be a little more devastating sometimes if you're way down below, but who knows? I mean, between now and then they could adopt Z scoring. They could, right. someone, someone could invent some other scoring and they could just yeah. throw that in. You know, you never quite know. I'm just, I'm waiting for what's February 17th or 16th, whatever the day is yeah. for the first open workout to get announced. And then we'll go from there and see, see what happens. So, yeah. I think that I, I personally think that's cool um, for there to be bigger point spreads. Um, it probably favors me. I'm a more consistent athlete. Sure. Um, I don't tend to have super high and super low placements. I tend to be mm -hmm. pretty consistent um, yeah. across the board. So um, yeah, there's, hi Scott. There he is. <laughs> Welcome back. We just, yeah. you know. Yeah. Continue we can the conversation. I think, yeah, I think we understood your question. Um, and I was just saying, I think the, um, I, I think the bigger point spread I like because I, I tend to be a more consistent athlete. Um, I don't tend to have really high or really low performances. I tend to just be consistent where that's I'm good. at. Consistency uh, is key. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to not have any of those workouts that you just crash and burn on. Um, and then find a few where you can really hit it home. What I love from a storytelling per perspective is if you're in the top 10, 
in that final heat, you know, you're good, right? Just can you get to that heat and stay there? And it tells the story to the audience much easier than having to dig through the leaderboard. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I want, I have so many more questions we, <laughs> that we didn't get to, but we're coming up on the hour. So the last question I'm going to ask you is, um, you talk about your husband a lot on your Instagram and, and the support that he gives you. How did the two of you meet? And does he, does he work out with you? I hear him. Just bring him in. Bring him in. We can talk. Yeah. Come on. Want to jump in? Join the conversation. Um, we know you've been sitting there the whole time watching. He, he, yeah, he's, he's working over there, cuddling with the puppy on the couch. But, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, we met in a CrossFit gym. Um, <laughs> hey, this plant. Hello, hello. Um, hello. Yeah, we met in a CrossFit gym, um, Diablo CrossFit Moxie, when it was that. And uh, he was doing, he worked for a supplement company in the CrossFit space at the time. He was doing like a California sampling tour. Um, so he was like sampling out protein. It wasn't and... Progenix, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Darn it. I would have been. No, cool. it was, uh, uh, well, you guys got a sponsor, so I'm not going to say yeah. that. We'll, we'll <laughs> I'm not saying the name. Okay. But I'm Canadian. That's the big story. So. Yeah. The big story. Well, yeah, there's, there's a couple of, it's, it's been a funny ride. The, um, so he was there for like four hours. He jumped into a training session with us. Um, you know, I'm, out, out, outlifted them too. So, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I was impressed with his front squat. He's got a good front squat. <laughs> um, but he, uh, yeah, then he, he went back home and um, I guess we started, I think it started like online chattering, trash talking about open workouts and that turned into flirting and that turned into FaceTime every day. And um, eventually he asked me, oh, he told me we could go to coffee the next time he was in town. Uh, and that's when I learned that he was Canadian and didn't live anywhere close. <laughs> oh, no. Did you think he was local uh, this whole time? Yep. I thought that he was like just God, around, God. you know, like. <laughs> oh, so, that's heartbreaking. I, my, my apparent accent didn't give it away at all. So I was good at hiding it. So, yeah. So, then, uh, but yeah, he came out to visit and that was, that was the end of that. And you, you own an apparel company? Uh, no. So I, I, I mean, I, yes, I guess, but it, um, so I started, uh, cause I, obviously you mentioned it at the start, the heavy metal thing. I'm, I'm definitely a big metal head. Um, but I also, so I, I don't do CrossFit anymore. I'm on the San Jose, uh, weightlifting team. So I'm a Olympic weightlifter now. Um, but I've always had shared this passion of heavy music and heavy barbells. So I've collaborated and, and brought the two together to basically, I've got a lot of friends in the, in the music industry that play in very large metal bands um, and travel the world, but they also either CrossFit, weightlift, powerlift. So I just wanted to kind of merge my two favorite things to one and started barbells and breakdowns. Uh, which started as like an Instagram page, just promoting my favorite breakdown of the day and then posting videos of um, certain athletes in the space. You know, Anthony Davis, CrossFit athlete, um, who's a buddy of mine who also likes metal. So he'll send me 
a video of him lifting to a heavy breakdown, um, Tim Paulson and guys like this that, that are definitely into the, the same music as I. And I just kind of wanted to merge the two and connect both both sides of the spectrum and get people stoked on heavy music and heavy lifting. And uh, and then it turned into people wanting sweatshirts and T-shirts. So I started doing that and um, I actually sold out all my hoodies, all my T-shirts. So that's all gone. So. Yeah, it keeps me keeps me busy on the side, but I, I film full time, well, part time, but somewhat full time. So the K two videos that you see of her, I film oh, those nice. and edit them all, and um, I do the same for a Harley Davidson custom shop in Campbell, just like San Jose area. So uh, that keeps me busy. But yeah, the barbells and breakdowns thing is is like my my baby, but I've been slacking on it as of late. So. And, and yeah, I dove this... over there because I I love my metal music as well. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So for my dorky self, breakdowns is what what is what is breakdowns? <laughs> Actually, yeah. funny story. I had to ask that too. <laughs> okay, good. <Funny> <laughs> is, uh, we we were at a, a competition in San Jose recently. A friend of ours uh, hosted a, a big competition, and Kelly was like one of the head judges, and then I was set up because um, I still work for a supplement company too, and part time and. Um, I also had barbells and breakdown stuff and I had this girl come up to the table with her family and they, you know, tattoos and the, um, the spaced ears and the whole, so I was like, oh, they gotta be in the metal. And she's like, oh, I want one of these hoodies. And I was like, oh, you like, you like breakdowns too. And she goes, yeah, we all have them from time to time. And I was like, that's not necessarily what it means, but you know, <laughs> like, that's what, that's how you want to take it. Run with it, you know, um, but a breakdown, um, for you is essentially in metal in certain types of metal, not all metal have, you know, metal musicians or metal bands use breakdowns, but it's a portion of the song that just gets like, they just amplify the heavy. There's not really any vocals and it's mm -hmm. an ongoing, like chugging style riff. That's just very like beefy and mean. And it's usually the parts of the songs that when I'm lifting, she knows cause she'll see me at the barbell waiting and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, so that that's that's essentially what it is so i post a breakdown of the day on that page where i pick a band that i'm listening to or uh, a song in in you know that i've been listening to frequently to lift and i post that breakdown and you know okay. i got there's a few couple hundred followers that that love it um actually my big <laughs> my biggest fan it's funny because he's a good friend of ours but west pyatt mm. um Mm -hmm. actually loves that page he says it's his favorite page on instagram so um so i'll, I'll just say i do it for him well awesome. you have 101 followers now so there you go. <laughs> blowing up <laughs> i'm too busy trying to make her instagram super popular that my, my personal instagrams kind of take the back seat and i post maybe once a month on mine so i love it Black. Well, we want to thank you both for jumping on. Um, Kelly, I want to stay in touch. I want to follow you through the season um, and kind of track what you're going to do. So I'd love to have you back on a couple more times as we go through uh, the 23 season, if that is okay with you. Absolutely. Anytime. Love talking to you guys. I will recognize you next time. I swear. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys have a great day. Thank you so much. Have a good one, guys. Thank you so much for joining Clydesdale Media for today's episode. If you liked what you hear, 
hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes are out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Clydesdale Media.